Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, I am so excited to say we have Justin Kahn, the co-founder of Twitch, an entrepreneur and investor, though he's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask him that much about. Justin, thank you so much for being here. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Absolutely. Are you ready to dive in? Yeah, let's go. Hell yeah, let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Knock, the most powerful notifications infrastructure you'll never build. So I'm not an engineer, but I've worked with enough engineers to understand that building your notifications infrastructure in-house is is hard, (laughs) like really hard. It doesn't seem hard at first because we all send texts, but then it's time to go multi-channel. And soon your simple decision trees start to look like a terrifying decision forest and it's getting dark out. But by the time you've weed whacked your way through, your users are clamoring for another comms channel. Luckily, there's a better way. With Knox's powerful API, you get a complete product notification system that includes batching, cross-channel delivery, and preference management, so users can choose which notifications they want to be alerted about. Who doesn't love a flexible, reliable notifications infrastructure set up in minutes? Hey, don't knock it till you try it. That's not actually their slogan, but it probably should be. Anyway, get started today for free at knock.app slash non-technical. That's knock, K-N-O-C-K dot A-P-P slash non-technical. Justin Kahn is an American entrepreneur and investor. He's a co-founder of Fractal, a marketplace for gamers to discover, buy, and sell durable game assets and NFTs. He's also a general partner at Goat Capital, a seed fund that backs entrepreneurs with over $100 million in assets under management. Previously, Justin was a co-founder of Twitch, the internet live video streaming platform. In 2006, Justin launched the live video service Justin.tv, a company that started when he strapped a camera to his head and streamed his life to the internet 24-7. Over the next eight years, through twists and turns, he and his co-founders turned the business into Twitch, ultimately selling to Amazon in 2014 for $970 million. Over the years, he has founded half a dozen companies, which have raised over $500 million in venture capital, and invested in some of the fastest growing startups around, including Reddit, Cruise Automation, Bird, Rippling, Sendbird, Scale AI, and many more. Justin Kahn, welcome to Non-Technical. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for being here. I am thrilled to have you on the pod today, especially because you and I actually don't know each other. This will be our first conversation. It's nice to meet you. I'm sure we'll be friends. Yeah, hell yeah. It's great to meet you too. I know. (laughs) No pressure, but we'll be friends by the the end end of it. it. (laughs) Well, let's set the bar really, really, really high so that we have to Okay, are we going to be the type of friends that are like, we're texting each other every day after this? Ooh. I have a couple friends who I'm friends like that with, but I find that I either respond to a text immediately or it takes me three days. (laughs) Like, she's not ready to commit. <laughs> exactly. I need some time. Well, it depends on the text. If something is required for me to respond to the text, it takes me longer. All right. Just to be prepared. But I'm thrilled to have you on. I want to start here. How did you spend your last day off? Went to a wedding. What are you like at weddings? What's your uh, deal? Well, I don't drink, so I'm sober now at weddings, which, you know, I never thought okay. was possible. Yeah. Now I'm, you know, I'm a sober wedding attendee and I feel like now with weddings, I, I, I contribute a lot. I get to do a lot of 
toast recently. You know, it seems like I'm doing a lot of wedding yeah. toasts. I like writing wedding toasts. That's I so did nice. six weddings at Burning Man where I was the officiant. You officiated six weddings at Burning Man? Yeah, I did. Uh, well, Just this past Burning Man or you mean lifetime total? No, no, in the past, like last month. And is that the first time you've officiated weddings there? Yeah, it was. Love weddings. Wow. Weddings are so... Yeah. You know, it's a, such a joyful occasion, a celebration of love. Totally. And I like writing weddings and toast, wedding toasts because, it, you know, you get to think about what you really appreciate about the other two people. You know, what, uh, what about this yeah. couple makes them special? What are the things you like about them individually? Yeah. Uh, what is some wisdom on love you can impart upon them and the audience? Sure. You know, so it's just like really nice to, to spend the time to write something. So I did a bunch. So now I, what I'm saying is I like, I feel like most weddings I'm, uh, participated in some way, yeah, that feels good. That does feel good. I have also officiated a wedding. Yeah, I became ordained through the Universal Life Church online. How did you get ordained? Well, I'm not ordained. It's not official. I don't. Oh, I don't really. Not official. Well, I mean, they're officially getting married, but like at Burning Man, That's I don't true. think you know. No one gives a shit if you're ordained or not. <laughs> turns out. So. I think that's a good point. Did you do more than one wedding a day? Well, I was supposed to be one every day, but then we, we ended up doing two on Friday instead of, you know, okay. Friday and Saturday. Doubled so up. I, I did a double header and they were back to back. It was a little bit, it wasn't ideal <laughs> oh my God. exactly, but. Uh, That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. It's good. Okay. So you're, you may be giving a toast or you're officiating, you're involved in the wedding in some way. What about at the reception? Are you a dance floor guy? Well, you know, like I said, I'm sober. I feel like it's the highest level of confidence to be able to dance while sober. And, you know, I've gotten mm, there myself. It does take a lot of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the dance floor. Sure. But I actually, you know, what I usually want to do is DJ uh, at the after party. That's my, you know, where I really shine. I think of the hell yeah side of it. Yeah. Do you DJ as a hobby or you just like to, someone knows if they throw you the ox cord, it's going to be fire. No, no, no. I'm an amateur hobbyist DJ. I started this year, just like everyone, every tech bro is like, wants to, you know, it's like the highest <laughs> level of math. It's like the top of Maslow's pyramid, right? Is to become a DJ. <laughs> now I'm a DJ, at least for weddings and crypto parties. That's my, those are my, yeah, I, I know my target audience. <laughs> the big two. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Now you just need a combination wedding slash crypto party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be like, <laughs> people would love be there yeah there would be like this is, that's this your is sweet best. spot that's, that's sweet, you'd my, be right in the middle of that venn diagram my target audience i love playing music and i like playing music that i like right so the, the best part about mm. djing is you just get to play the songs that you, the songs that you like that's so true so you know. do you ever feel pressure when you're djing to pick the perfect next song or do you typically feel pretty confident that you know you're gonna nail it i'd say the latter yeah, okay. it's, it's more like wow i'm impressed i don't practice that's like really what he holds me back. You know, I'm not really a practice or pr preparation person. I do practice for like the wedding. Okay. If I'm doing a toast or something like that. Cause you know, but for the DJing, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of like, I did the work pre-work of like listening to these, you know, thousands of songs and narrowing them down to like my thousand favorite. Yeah, and then, for, for years of your life, you've been doing the work notes, preparing. You know, I do like, a, I, I write notes on the tracks and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm pretty sure like I can play music that is good. And I have other friends who are sure. in the same boat as me, you know, like amateur DJs who they really stress. They like yes. want to prepare everything. They make a set. Mm. I'm like, you know, I just kind of, you got to just see what the vibe is. You do have to see what the vibe is, right? Because where my sometimes anxiety comes from, if someone is at a party, this has happened a couple of times where they're like, what should the next song be? 
And I'm like, oh, well, we got, I mean, what are we doing with the vibe? Are we trying to turn it up? Are we trying to turn exactly. it down? Yeah, you have to vibe? feel out what people want. Yeah, right. you got to feel out what people want, what they're reactive to, you know. But I mean, I kind of know what kind of music goes together, you know. But you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's great. Wow. Well, okay, next time I need help then, I know who I'm calling. Yeah, my new friend. Party, your new friend. I'll DJ your, it. My new friend. Well, we'll already be texting yeah. at that point. <laughs> I'm going to work on my response time just so that we can be good friends. <laughs> I don't get a response in three days. It's going to be. You know, you got to under promise and over deliver. You know what I mean? So it's probably going to be before the three day window is up. Okay. Justin, speaking of music, is there a song that whenever you hear it just totally takes you back in time? 112 anywhere. I don't know if you. 112. Like, we can do it anywhere. We can do it in the oh, shower. Yeah. Bodies dripping wet. Where does that and song then, take you? Well, like, I think I was in middle school. Uh, so I'm like, okay. oh, right back to middle school. It's like, oh, man, I thought I was like way cooler than I am. Hell you know? yeah. That's a racy song for middle school. I know. It? it really is quite inappropriate for children. Do you feel like you understood at the time what they were talking about or not really? Yeah, I mean, I understood. I don't think I had any like actual experience with any of those things, you know, doing it on the kitchen sure. counter. <laughs> you're like, theoretically, I know yeah, to what you're referring. <laughs> exactly. It was more hypothetical, you know. It's acad- yeah. My understanding of doing it anywhere was very academic. Was <laughs> That's right. I totally get that. There's a couple songs that I remember we heard it sixth grade school dances that I listen to now and I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> yeah, like that first ludicrous song where he's talking about what's your fantasy? He's like, what's your fantasy? Oh. And then he's talking about yeah. like, oh, yeah. chains and stuff like that. It's like, that, yep. that was on the radio no idea. when I was growing up. Isn't that wild? Yeah. That song is filthy, bro. It's completely it's inappropriate. filthy. Ludicrous. Come on. Ludicrous. Come on. What do you think? What are you doing? That is ludicrous. Do you have any truly useless talents? I have useless talents? Would it, is it a talent if it's useless? Yeah, you can be talented at something that has no real world application. Like what? Like I can do a perfect Yoshi voice. Let's hear it. Bum, 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 Yoshi. Oh, wow. That's not useless. That's not, that's not useless though. If you ever, if you, you know, we're doing voice acting and making a YouTube video, like a Mario themed parody YouTube video, then that would that's come true. in handy. Well, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, you're just holding it in reserve. I, okay, well then, do you have any talents like that that are being held in reserve and haven't been called up to the ranks? That's it. It's it. I'm holding that one in reserve. It has not been called up to the ranks yet. Exactly. Do you have any talents like that? No, my talents are all very useful, to be honest. They're all... <laughs> That's great. Okay, awesome. Let me ask you this. What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something pretty inconsequential that you would really go to bat for. Oxford comma, like not, oh. not having it. Not having yeah. it? Yeah. My English teacher and you know, really drilled it into me in the 11th grade. It was like, you know, Justin, comma, Alexis, and Steve. Yeah. Right? Like, there's yes. no comma, second comma. And then now it's like brainwashed. To be honest, it is confusing. I think it's like, but stylistically, it's like, I... I oh, my God. This is tough. Um, she's this like, is the kind podcast a- is over. Fucker. Well, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a roller coaster ride of emotion for me over here. Yeah, well, you thought we were going to be best friends. You know what though? It's uh, adversity can sometimes strengthen it's relationships across adversity. Exactly. exactly. <sighs> yeah, it's about okay. building relationships with people who have different or from diverse is, backgrounds. That's right. I am crossing punctuational lines over here. Yeah. I thought when you said Oxford comma. Yeah, you thought I was going to say having using it. it. Yeah. Yes. And so I'll admit, I need to recalibrate. Okay. But let me ask you this. You admit that it is, it's confusing not to have it. Yeah, it is. It is fucking confusing. 
not to have it. I think it's okay. like, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but but to be honest, it's purely stylistic. Yeah. And the guy who yeah. taught me how to write English, yes. you know, he was insistent. So now mm. here I am. It's like when someone teaches you, like when your family is racist, you know, and then sure. that's what you learn when you're a kid. Yes. You know? Yeah. And then, then you become a little bit racist. You know it's wrong, but it's like, well, this is yeah. I don't have no choice. I grew up this way. I totally hear you. I would say in both cases, there might be a moment when you realize that there's a different path. And perhaps at the end of that path is the Oxford comma. It's possible. I'm not ready to turn my back on my family. I hear you. I hear that. And I, <laughs> when you see someone use the Oxford comma, does it bother you or you don't really care? It's only for your own writing. It's really only for my own writing. When I see other people write okay. it, I'm like living in America. You know, this is... Free, free country. Exactly. It's a free country. Okay. I get that. I totally get why seeing an Oxford comma would engender feelings of patriotism. Do you think there's a day in the future when you might reconsider or you think this is for life? I don't know. You know, never say never. Like the world's yeah. always changing. You know, I don't think punctuation That's true. is particularly changing, but um, you know, it's also, it's, things are always changing. So never say never. It's possible. I like that. You're open to the possibility. Exactly. I'm an open-minded, closed-minded person. <laughs> That's interesting because I also consider myself an open-minded person. I would consider myself an open-minded person. I don't think I would ever go on the record as saying that I would reconsider the Oxford comma and hearing myself say that out loud. You're I don't like that. Yeah, that does make me, it makes me feel a little too steadfast in my beliefs. Yeah, is it really that Gosh, We're already helping each other grow like good friends do. We came as, you know, two separate people and now it's like the and breakfast now, club. We've learned something, we've bonded. Yes. Wow. And, uh, we're walking away. That's crazy. We're friends. We're going to get high in a closet. There's all kinds of breakfast club corollaries. That's what they do in the breakfast club. No. <laughs> what three words would your closest friends or family use to describe you? The best ever. <laughs> <laughs> You're joking, but that came to mind very fast. Yeah, exactly. I had that one queued up. Yep, that was locked and loaded. I mean, I don't know. What would they, what three words? I think people would say I'm yeah. excited cult leader. Okay. Excited cult okay. leader, exactly. <laughs> do you feel like an excited cult leader? Yeah. I, uh, you do. My Burning Man camp, which we, uh, we, yeah. we worked on an art project and we built this 70 foot long iceberg uh, art car that oh my goes God. through the desert, uh, 36 feet high, 100,000 watt sound system, lasers that go 17 miles. 200,000 oh LEDs. Lasers that can go 17 miles? It's called Titanic's End. And you can see it on Instagram, instagram.com slash Titanic's End. Amazing. I brought a tattoo artist out who did the logo uh, on, oh my gosh. you know, myself here. Oh my God. Wait, oh, oh my oh. God. I get the angle. Yeah, right wait, I need camera. to clean. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and oh my God, that's so pretty. 17 people at the, at the burn got it, you know? Was that the number you expected? My goal was 10. I could get 10 okay. people. Hey. And so, but my stretch goal was 20. So it's somewhere between the two. Okay. You know? But that's good. That's why you have a stretch goal. So you can stretch toward it. People were like, oh, it's a, it's a cult now. Like, no, it's an intentional community. I think there's a fine line between those two. Getting tattoos of a thing that you created, I definitely understand why that we could call it in the cult leader category. Yeah. Intentional community leader. If it was a, if you were like, what are the four words to describe? Yeah, then, then it would have been excited, excited intentional, intentional community leader. Exactly. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. What's your most used emoji? 
I mean, this is like such a boring answer. It's probably the thumbs up emoji. That's not boring. Because I responded to people. Like when people say something that requires a response, you know, most people would do yes. the like reaction now. You know, you can yes. react on a message and say like thumbs up. Yep. But I like to like make my message its own space. Does that feel like more of a response? Exactly. It's not just like, okay. it's. I feel like it's dismissive to just be like, react to your message with like a reaction. Yeah. So, but if I do a, okay. it's an emoji as its own line, yeah. then it's more like I'm actually responding. Yeah. That's true. Okay. I'm just going to jot that down for yeah, our later exactly. text. Just going to like, okay. you know, in a hundred years, this will be etiquette, you know, just like the Oxford cover, mm. like it'll be like grammar, like what's appropriate grammar to like That's respond so to a message. It'll be like, oh, it's, you have to actually have it be its own emoji to be like fully text polite. message etiquette could be its whole own thing. I mean, yeah, for sure. It's already, it, it will be. I mean, it's already its own thing in practice. Someone should write a book of- They really should. Of, you know, do polite text message etiquette. Do you know the book, The Elements of Style? Uh, you mean the, the writing guide? The writing guide, yeah. Yeah, yeah they yeah, need so that I, for texting. They need that, but for texting. The elements of sliding in. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. They could have a chapter on all kinds of different things. Yeah, like don't, it's rude to text just the eggplant emoji as your first line. That's just inappropriate. That's right. Don't do it. I would say typically people do not advise that. There could be a section on response time. Right, exactly. And then like also leaving people read but not responded to for like, Ooh. yeah, that's just fucking rude. That's you know? brutal. Do you have read receipts on? No, of course not. Of course not, right? Well, I get a lot of texts from people. Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm, like, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without saying like self-important. Just people text really? me a lot. <laughs> I give out my number a lot and people text me okay. a lot. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't want to feel obligated to respond to everybody because yes. you know I got a lot of shit going on. Yeah, I feel but, that. But you know, I do want like, you know, but it's really rude to just be like, you know, to 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 have it be read and then I don't respond. So like it's better to just make it ambiguous, like maybe I never saw, which is possible because I yep. don't see a lot of shit that I get, you know, yeah. email, text, etc. I'm like, you know, I just it's, it's hard. It's difficult. Living in the modern world is it's tough. The trials and tribulations of modern communication. That could be the name of the writing guide. I think the style guide of, or, or like guide, the elements of again? sliding in. Sliding in. You like that. Okay. I mean, but I think that's a more specific sliding in yeah, has to me sexual slash romantic connotation. I know. It's true. It's true. But it's, it's, it's funny. Actually, I think you can slide in professionally too. I slide into people's DMs professionally all the time. I mean, that's basically what you did to me. That is what I did to you. Is this professional? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I do this. Is this, do you make money off this, of this? Yes, this is my job. Where's my cut? <laughs> you slid in professionally. I like it. I did. I slid in professionally. That's true. I think that's a great idea, but I do think it can be challenging. The reason why I don't like red receipts is that I don't think having read something and ignored it is the same thing as reading it and just like knowing you'll respond later. And so I don't want to miss represent the situation. Right. It could be like, I'm going to read it in three days. I've like bookmarked That's when this. I will I be reading this it. message. Yes. I'm going to read it in three days, even though I previewed it right now. Yes. I just need a little taste. It's right. I'm going to think about it in three days and then three send days. it back to you. Do you use an iPhone? Of course. I'm not a pauper. Yes. Oh my God, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my best friends have an Android. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also have friends who have an Android. You know, yeah, record, it's tough. It's frankly friends. tough. No, they, it's well, I have one best friend, but it's hard. It's worth it for her, but she's the only one. No more. I only have room in my life for one. Exactly. I think it's important everybody have a 
one friend who has an Android so they can see how the other people live. That's right. I agree with you. Yeah. And it's it's, it's like just like you know, you want to have a friend who maybe doesn't use Oxford commas. You're like t- making Oof. friendships across, you know, diverse friendships here. That's right. Similarly, you want to make diverse yes. friendships. with I'm diversifying green my friend group. OK, that's a really good point. Intertextual friendships Intertextual, are important yeah, exactly. <laughs> to our growth as a society. What I was going to say is that I realized recently, and I know this is kind of old news, but I finally figured out how to mark things as unread using my iPhone. Oh, you can do that? I think it must have been the newest update, but you slide the message slightly to the right, and then the option comes up to mark the message. The text uh, message is unread. Do they come back to the top? No, they just remain the blue dot to the left side. It's just like the breakfast club. We both are walking away better. We're learning. We're walking away with things. We're going to have a dance party. That's another thing they do. Have you not seen the movie? I saw the movie, but I was like (laughs) when I was 12 or something. I mean, all I remember is there was like one jock, uh, one loser, one like, uh, you know, kind of princess. Yeah. One goth girl, a nerd. And then. Yes. And then there was Bender, John Bender. Yes. And anyways, and then they like, you know, they they fought. Turns out one of them was pregnant or something. Maybe you're not. Something like that. And then they all became friends. Yep. It was an inspiring story. They got high and they danced and John Bender delivers one of the most iconic cinema lines. He says, screws fill out all the time. The world's an imperfect place. I like that. I can't believe I didn't remember that. Well, it's okay. That's what friends are for. Okay. Tell me this. If you could possess the ability to hear what other people were thinking, would you? Mm, That's a good question. It's like, do you want people like, do you want to know? I mean, yeah, do you? I probably notice maybe a bad person to say yes if i was like yes then you're like Mm. definitely privacy violating people all the time i don't think it's a moral litmus test either way i feel like i'd probably i would want to try it just to see what life was like with it but i would want to like probably turn it off what if you like it's really terrible because people are like you know people have some wild crazy thoughts yes you'd be exposed to people's like really dark crazy shit right and then right. you probably judge them. Maybe you hear them judging you. You know, it's, it yes. might not be the same. Like, I think yeah. the human experience relies on interpreting what people are thinking through the filter of their, you know, expression. There's expressions, they're what they say, they're displayed emotions. And then their you interpret through that. Yeah, there's thumbs ups. Exactly. And then and they're unread, you leaving you unread. And then you <laughs> interpret all of those things through your own mental model and then come yep. up with like a feeling of how your relationship is with them. And if you just go straight brain to brain, shit could get Hmm. real weird, you know? Yeah, I agree. Okay, I agree. I think that makes a lot of sense. If you weren't doing what you do now professionally, what would you be doing? I mean, I'd probably try to be a DJ or make art, a full-time artist. What kind of art? Like Burning Man art, big. When you say Burning Man art, how do you define it? Is it size? I think it's like art that's like kind of, it's not subtle. You know, Burning Man art is really like in your face. It's like usually it's really big or it's kind of like a how did they build that type of art yeah you know that's cool and a lot of it seems interactive yeah interactivity i think is a big component things you can that's climb nice. on or has giant leds or something yeah i've never been to burning man you've never been to burning man no i think Save next year is going to be the year i think i need to go yeah why haven't you been to burning man i have never had close friends close close friends who were going that were also like in need of other people who were going. I have some friends who go as part of like a big camp, but I've never been like, oh, I'd like to go. I don't think people meet me and think, I know who to invite to Burning Man, Alexis Gay. Really? Why not? I don't know, that, but fun. no one has so far. So <laughs> you No, know, we're going to be best friends. 
you come with our camp. That's right. Okay, Justin, I just might take you up on it. I am kind of mentally, I have committed and I have told a few of my friends, I was like, I'm going to go to Burning Man in 2023. All right. I'm putting it out there into the universe. Do you ever do that? Like put something, like kind of throw it out there so that it it feels more real? I I, I throw everything. That's my core strength is I just say, oh, I'm starting this kind of company. I don't have any idea how I'm going to do it yet. And then it just, that energy attracts people. Yes resources to it and then it like is manifested that's exactly how i feel and that is why i am saying it <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly we're gonna put it out there on the podcast we're gonna have a, a hundred invites perfect you know? perfect it sounds it sounds or at least yeah i mean look all you need is one you only need one yes yeah, exactly plus i have you as a backup i'm not your primary choice well justin well, i don't know i might have options i might have options i don't know <laughs> what is your most irrational fear? So I have a tongue scraper, you know, like for like getting the gunk off your yeah, tongue. Yeah, yeah, like you're supposed to use one, I think, yeah. For me, it's kind of like I've been doing it for so long, but you know, it's yeah. like, I think that's a distant third after like brushing and flossing and maybe fourth after mouthwash, you know? So I'm like brush, mouthwash, and then tongue scrape. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I also water pick, you know? Oh and so that's five things. You water pick and floss? Flossing, it's like you really massaging the gums. Water pick to me is like the first pass, you know? Whoa. Anyways, wow. Okay. So anyways, tongue scraping to me is like fourth. I think sure. it's more okay. water picking. Yep. My biggest fear is like I keep my razor in my, in my, uh, <gasps> oh my yeah, God, I know tongue scraper next to each other. <gasps> so it's like I have this fear that I'll use my razor on my tongue one day. Oh, like Justin. How can we help you avoid that horrible, horrible outcome? Like, what if that happened? No! Actually, I yeah. think, uh, oh, I yeah, hate exactly. it so it's much. Oh, I hate it exactly. so, so much. Why are you keeping those things next to each other? It's the bathroom, you know? Like, that shit goes in the bathroom. Could you put one in the shower? No. Why not? It makes not? no sense. I mean, well, the... it's a tongue scrape. You know, you want to see that yourself in the mirror. Both of those Ugh. are mirror things, Ugh. you know? Ugh. Could you put them in different cups? I mean, you could. They're not in cups, just like hanging, you know, kind of lip over the edge of okay. the sink, right? I feel so. you're not, I don't feel that you've worked hard enough to explore how this could be avoided. To be honest, they have different handles. Right? So that so helps, like right? It helps, right? They feel different. You know, they don't feel the same. That would be truly plain. With Do you fire. keep a cap on your razor? No. I know. It's, a, it's just I'm dangerous. stressed. I'm stressed as a friend. I'm stressed. Yeah. Imagine if you did that. Though. No, I don't want to imagine it. Why do you keep making me imagine it? Yeah. <laughs> I would like to believe it wouldn't be that bad. Ugh. I have no idea. And I don't intend to ever find oh out. Oh my God. I hate it so honest. much. Oh, I hate it so much. Okay, cool. I really hope that that doesn't happen to you. I have a two-part question next. The first part is who would play you in a movie about your life? The second part is what chapter of your life would make for the most compelling movie plot? Oh, uh, you know, we actually wrote a screenplay or we didn't write it. We partnered with a friend who wrote a screenplay. But no way. But about um, Justin TV. And I think, oh. you know, who I would want to play me is Brad Pitt. Yeah, hell yeah. Because I mean, he's like such a sexy human being. Very sexy. It'd be incredible, you know? Such a good actor. I don't know if you get like, he's a little old. Because it would yeah. probably be the part of my life that was like starting the first company and pivoting mm. to Twitch and you know, okay. whatever. But, uh, you know, Hollywood magic. Hollywood magic, baby. We'll get the people that did the Irishman in here. They yeah. de De Niro for that Netflix movie. I know. It didn't look good, though, to be honest. But by the time we make this, I mean, tech advances so quickly. Perhaps it's even better now. Or they could do like a holy um, AI, you know, like a deep fake of young Brad Pitt. Oh, like shit. A- that, I hadn't even thought about that. Okay, so young, yeah. deep, fake Brad Pitt is going to play you. Yeah. That's kind of epic. 
and it's going to be the period of your life during the Justin TV era. I mean, I think that would be the most compelling movie. I think that'd be really exciting. Community. The cult, not the cult. No, no. Oh, yeah. The cult. I mean, whatever we're calling it. Yeah, you have tattoos. I think tattoos might be the line. Like on the other side of tattoos, you're a is cult. cult. What if you're like a band and you get tattoos? Huh. That's, That's a good point. Culty, okay. You know? That's a good, all right. You know what? Point, point your argument. I concede. That was a good point. What is the most memorable gift you've ever received or given? I gave one of my co-founders, uh, Michael Seibel, who's now in charge of Y Combinator. Mm. Uh, when he turned, I can't remember how old, but he did a birthday one year. He had this favorite restaurant in um, like on the Barcadero in San Francisco. And oh, which one? He loved, it's gone now. It was called oh. Lafitte. It's this beautiful restaurant. And the guy, Russell, this chef was like, he was a fan of his and kind of knew him a little bit. We ran out the restaurant and Michael loves to cook. So he got to cook with <gasps> Russ like for the day. And, like oh go to the market and like make the meal for everyone. And then we had like a hundred of his friends or whatever show up. And so that was probably one of the most memorable ones that comes to mind. That's beautiful. Wow, that is so sweet. That's so thoughtful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's a really great gift. That's that's probably the the best one of the best ones I've given. And then received. Yes. And my wife threw me a surprise birthday party last year, and nice. I was like, we we're not gonna have a party, you know. It's okay. Of, still COVID's going on, and then like it was a little chaotic, and yeah. I was really sad. And then mm. she had um, uh, you know, a bunch of friends surprise us, surprised me, and like set up a, a pretty amazing party. Um, oh my god! Like all as a surprise, like uh, at our ranch, um, and then my one of my friends basically built a whole. I wanted to have this like container bar up at okay. my ranch, like a contain, like um, like a shipping I container? This container, shipping container. Yeah, there's a roll-up awesome. door on it. Oh, that's and so he sick. actually made the bar in secret uh, as a surprise. No. So and it would like assemble together a day of like stool. We made like stools and like a bar and countertop oh, that folded down and shelving and like an awning. So, I mean, it's just a really thoughtful gift. That's beautiful. Wow. That's great. I mean, I'm starting to really understand why you're the excited, intentional community leader. I feel like you do a really, you clearly have, do a really good job of bringing the right people into your life. Yeah, I think I'm I'm really good about finding amazing people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good skill. That's a good skill. Well, let me ask you this. Do you watch a lot of TV or movies? I guess so. I, I used to, I went through a period of not watching hardly anything at all, but I'm back to watching more TV now. Not movies. I don't watch very many movies. Anymore. Yeah, I actually don't either. Do you have any television related pet peeves? Like things they do on TV shows all the time that you can't stand? Television related pet peeves. I mean, I think it's just like when the lighting is bad. You mm, know, like yeah. Game of Thrones being a good example where it like started off really good when it was like the books based on the books. And then yeah. it just like by the end, it was like a, Michael Bay movie. Yeah, that dragons. was so outrageous. It was not good. You know, like, I, I feel like it deteriorated. I agree. And that was sad because, you know, it started off so incredible. So strong. From a writing perspective. I agree. Okay, so you need good writing. Yeah, okay, like, otherwise, sense. what are we even doing? I know. The thing that bothers me is when two characters on a TV show or in a movie have some kind of established relationship, husband and wife, best friends, whatever, and then... They show them texting, and it is the first goddamn text they've ever sent each other. Yeah, but that's just for it's like confusing. Otherwise, like it you drives can't, you can't just me. Have yes, you can. It would take them. It would take them two minutes to just either mock up or have those two phones text each other a little bit. 
No, but they usually do the bubble that comes up. That's like when I'm texting, it like shows a bubble. It's like, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'm referring to when they show the phone screen and it is the first text that's ever been sent. You can't see any of their past texts. It drives me nuts. This doesn't bother you? No, it's like for the clarity of the movie. Oh, It's like, where are you? Yes, that's what I want. That's what I want. Like, that would be fucking confusing. I think it'd be excellent. I think it'd be an improvement. It did happen once. I've seen it one or maybe two times where they put that forethought into it and I was thrilled. You were like, this is the best. This is the TV best show ever. Yes. And I, I can't remember. Maybe they what got a was. new phone, you know? Well, then they should have shown that. <laughs> and it should just say, like, new phone, who dis? Yeah, exactly. Mark. Eggplant emoji, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Knock, flexible, reliable notifications infrastructure that's built to scale with you. Take notifications off of your engineering roadmap and get back those resources, baby. And by resources, let's be real. We mean time and money. Building notifications infrastructure in-house takes time and time is money. And that money could be spent on way better stuff like, um podcast ads, for example. That's just, I don't know. That's just the first thing that came to mind. Knock's powerful features include pay-as-you-go, no upfront fees, and no infrastructure setup required. Created to handle even the most complex notifications use cases, Knock is built for scale and resiliency to power your enterprise. Knock, knock, who's there? (laughs) It's a powerful API that lets you engage users, power cross-channel workflows, and manage notification preferences. I cannot believe it. Ad copy approved. Get started today for free at knock.app slash non-technical. That's K-N-O-C-K dot A-P-P slash non-technical. And we're back with Justin Kahn, entrepreneur and investor. Justin, we've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. We've arrived at the lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. You seem like someone who is ready. I was born ready. It helps not to prepare at all. Yeah. <laughs> When you have a philosophy of no preparation, you're basically always ready or as ready as you'll ever be. You literally will. That's true. There's no increase or decrease in readiness. Increase or decrease in readiness. I love that. Coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? Black. That's my heart. Yes, same. Hot or cold though? Hot. Hot? Yeah. Do you ever have a, like a cold brew? A cheeky Sorry, am I cold brew? To say more than one no, word? No, you could say whatever you want. I didn't know if it was like one word is the most lightning. Well, the thing is, I think a traditional lightning round is that, but I am too interested. So I always ask follow-up questions. All right. Well, I like it hot, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, you know, variation is the spice of life. So sometimes I'll have a cold brew for sure. Or yeah. like a matcha latte. I've been Ooh. drinking some of those. But at the end of the day, it's like I want black coffee most of the time. Okay. Me too. I, I feel that way as well. Do you have a favorite board game? See, we're going to be friends. I know. We are going to be friends. I'm excited. My favorite board game? Yeah. I mean, I think... Catan is probably like the best, you know, Mm. kind of elements of all board games. But I really like this game, Star Wars uh, Rebellion. Cool. I don't know that. It's like a five-hour, two-player Star Wars game. It's like the most intense and epic game. It takes you like, you know, probably you're going to invest like 20 hours in learning this game. It's a board game? Yeah. Once you do, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is the best game. (laughs) I mean, if you're hardcore about board games. Do you have to be hardcore about Star Wars? Well, it helps. It's very thematic. So mm. if you don't like Star Wars, like I don't think you're really going to vibe with this okay. game because it's it's about like you're the either the Empire or the Rebels. And as the Empire, you're trying to find the Rebel base. And as the Rebels, you're trying to like 
run away and hide and blow up the Death Star and shit. Okay. If you don't like watch Star Wars or you're into Star yeah. Wars, then you're just gonna be like, what the fuck is any of this shit? As somebody that has seen a couple Star Wars, I wouldn't say I care. I would just skip the game. Yeah, it doesn't. Honest. Well, the thing is, it just doesn't raise the stakes for me. But the premise sounds cool. I mean, it's a really well-balanced game and it has a lot of different components. Yeah. And all the elements yes. together really well. Uh, and it's really great thematic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an amazing game, but it's kind of like, you know, if you don't, it's like if you are playing Twilight Struggle, you ever play that game? No. Like the one with the USSR or, or US. Mm-mm. You like knew nothing about the Cold War or history and you played to play this game. It's like not going to make any sense. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> that could be a good lesson. You know, though, I guess- you're going to be like, why would you play the Warsaw? You're going to play the Warsaw Pact or whatever. <laughs> like, what is that? Okay. So some context helps. Yeah. Having the context around the theme makes it a lot better if it's like a very thematic game. Okay, cool. All right, that's good to know. Yeah, I don't think that one is going to be for me, but do you have a particular friend that you play this Star Wars game with? Yeah, I have a roommate and we play this game. I mean, we haven't played in a while, but we, we were playing during the pandemic. We'd probably play this game every night. Like, you know. Oh, my God. And you don't get bored, even though it goes on for 20 hours? It was like 20 hours to learn, but the games themselves oh. are probably like <laughs> three hours. But we probably played like 40 games over the course of, you know, a year. That's so cool. Justin, speaking of putting things out into the universe, I deeply want more games in my life. I love games. I love playing games. And I feel like I don't play enough games. What kind of games do you like? I like games that are not luck-based. So, And I like board games. I play some video games, but mostly like Mario Kart. Like, Send me a dress afterwards. I'll send you a game. I'll pick a great game. No joke. I would love that so much. And I will do that. All right. I feel like the more that I say it, the more that the friends of mine who are also interested in that will come out of the woodwork and we're going to play games. Games are great. You know, I love board games. I actually like board games more than video games. I do too. When you make the bed, do you use a top sheet or no top sheet? Of course I use a sheet. Well, a fitted sheet. But what about a top sheet? No, yeah, a top sheet. Okay. Of course I use a top sheet. Some people don't. I don't understand that because, you know, you know, sometimes you like sweat in your I know. Or whatever. I feel the same way. Yeah, like, and then you don't want to just sweat on your sheet, on your duvet. That's true. It definitely, you know, but in some ways it, it would seem uh, in that it, it is, it's it's incredibly useful. It's essential, but not everybody uses it, that the top sheet is the Oxford comma of the bed. Right. I guess that's a good point. Thank you. Thank you. Have you ever read a book twice? Of course. I've read uh, a lot of books twice. I mean, like, the thing about reading a book, I mean, my memory, you know, you forget stuff, right? Totally. So it's like you can read a book and have the same experience and there's not that many good books. So like, yeah. you might, might as well, if you want to maximize your enjoyment, you're going to be reading books twice. You don't think there are that many good books? No. I think the book fall off is like very steep. Like in, mm. in terms of like, I think there's more, the steepness of the tale of books is much more abrupt than like TV or something like that. Interesting. Actually. Okay. Wow. I've never thought of it like that. I actually feel stressed that I'm not going to have enough time to read all the good books while I'm alive. Yeah. I don't know. The book recommendation system also, books are a big commitment, right? I stopped stopped reading books all the way through necessarily if they're not good. Yeah. It's not that many good books in my opinion. Recently, I've been reading, like I read Altered Carbon again. Oh, okay. uh, Which is one of my favorite books. They made that into a TV show. There's a book called Shogun, which is my favorite book ever by James Cabell. Yeah. Have you read that? No. How old were you the first time you read it? It was in college. Okay. Yeah. It's an incredible book though. I'll have to keep that one on the list. It's this book about this British sailor who's marooned in Japan in 1600 and how his presence there kind of changes the balance of political power. It's a love story. It's an adventure story. It's there's political intrigue. Okay. There's a stranger in a strange land. It's great. That sounds awesome. Okay. That sounds great. Do you have a pump up song? 
I mean, it changes, you know, like it changes depending on what I feel like, but you know, there's that Endor song, Pump It Up. Okay. It's like I got to pump it up, that, 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 which I like. Or there's this another song by this guy, Hawk, that's called We Make It Pop or Make Ooh. It Pop. Okay. Like, oh, we make it pop. Anyways, those that are sounds good great. For tech house. Yeah. And then like, I like the song by Migos, I Get the Bag. Okay. These sound, honestly, in name only, these sound like excellent pump-up songs. Yeah. When you get into a pump-up song, do you listen to it over and over again? Oh, no. I mean, I'm, I thought you were talking about like literally pumping it up, you know, like Oh, like free, at the gym? No, no. Like, well, so yeah, at the gym is one thing, but like, I'm talking about like, I, I guess some that are like, if I'm going to go out on, do a yes. talk or something, yes. then I'm like, li- that's I'll, what I mean. I'll like, I'll like listen to the, I get the bag. Yeah. It's either we get the bag or I get the bag. Anyways. And then like, I'll be like doing a workout you know, do some push-ups or something sure. or like some get jumping pumped. jacks and then yeah. get pumped and then go out there and bring your best energy. Nice. Is that what you did before this podcast? No. Interesting. It didn't even cross my mind. To be honest. Wow. That's okay, Justin. You know, this I'm... isn't an audience. It's not a live audience situation. That's a right? good point. That's you a know? good so point. So it's more one-on-one. We can be really honest. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, I'm not offended. No, I, I get it. No, it just wasn't that important to you. It's fine. This is my final question for you, which is deeply sad. But tell me this. What would you title your memoir? Oh, I, I already wrote it. And oh. It's called The Quest. Okay. Yeah, it's not published. Oh. I have it as a manuscript. Oh, oh my God. Wow. So many twists to the story. That's incredible. Is it coming out soon or you're still looking for a publisher? I don't know. So my wife's really private. And so she was kind of like mm. not that thrilled. I wrote it. And then I was. she was like, didn't read it yet, but she's wanted to be the first to read it. But okay, then every time she fair. was like thinking about reading it, she was stressed out because she's okay. pretty private. Yeah. Been on the shelf for like a, a year and a half yeah. or so. But it's okay because, you know, for me, most of the value was writing it actually. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So like I have it and maybe I'll publish it at some day, someday or whatever. Yes. But the life, you know, it's still like the, the story's continuing. Like a lot's happened yeah. since I finished writing it in the last two years of the pandemic and everything mm. and me growing as a person. So We'll see what happens. To be continued. TBC. Well, I love the name. The name is fabulous. Yeah. My story for me, it's like really about, you know, going out in the world and trying to make it and then making it and finding right. that, you know, an empty experience. And then really about my spiritual journey to become yep. the long haired intentional community leader that yes. you before you today. <laughs> and, you know, that's, it's been, a, it's been an epic journey, you know, yeah. so that's why I called it the quest. I think that's awesome. I, I really love that so much. And it, well, if that's ever not available, you could also just call it Justin Khan, the best ever. Justin Khan, the best ever. Yes. I think that's a great title. The comma best the- <laughs> ever. Exactly. Justin, it has been so fabulous having you on non-technical. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was fun. I think, uh, you know, I brought my funniest A game. I like to, I think I'm funny. I think you're funny. I, th- I thought you brought it. I laughed several times. My, Does your wife not oh, think God. you're funny? My wife doesn't think so. She, I keep saying, like, <laughs> I'm like Dave, I'm as funny as Dave Chappelle. And she's like, you are not. That's quite the bar. <laughs> you got to have people in your life who bring you back to reality, you know? Yes. I, boy, do I know it. Justin, where can people find more about you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at, at Justin Khan. I have a YouTube channel, which is, uh, you know, self-indulgent guy. <laughs> thing. You nice. know, just make videos of myself yep. doing whatever I want. Hell yeah. You find that at uh his Justin Khan vlog. I don't know. Cool. Just you know, search on YouTube for Justin yeah, Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. 
That's great. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, or at non-technicalpod on all three. Justin Con, one more time. This has been such a treat. I'm looking forward to our friendship, maybe even to Burning Man 2023. Let's go. Let's, Let's get it. Let's go. Have a great day. Goodbye. Bye.